You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Good afternoon and welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience is made up of business owners and CEOs of middle market companies. 98% as a fact, as, as a fact, are business owners and CEOs, and they listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm would be interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain such a valuable exposure through their support of our program. To learn more, visit or speak with, probably the best thing to do is call Rose Chamora. Yeah, that's the best thing to do at 951-515-4661. Wally Hoke is our second guest. He's the president of Optimum Leadership. Wally, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rick. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you here. Let's start by asking a little bit about your background. Tell our audience a little bit about your professional experience, kind of what you've done to lead up to this moment. Well, I'm very old, so this may take the whole show if I tell you the whole background, so I'm going to make it really short. Uh, But I worked for a large company for 12 years. I learned a lot of things about what not to do. (laughs) And then I connect. uh, I actually had a small business that failed, which uh, I would recommend to anybody because it really uh, creates maturity. And then I I connected with uh, some consultants. I worked for a training company for a while, and I realized how much I loved it, and I kind of wormed my way into the training and consulting industry, and I connected with some guys that actually studied with Dr. W. Edwards Deming. Uh, for uh, Many people don't know who Deming is, and Deming uh, is a fellow that actually changed the world in a very, very positive way uh, by coming up with a thing called profound knowledge. So I've been studying Deming for 25 years now since I discovered him uh-huh. well in systems thinking and so that's that's my current practice is I help I help leaders to uh, change their systems and uh, to create performance improvement well let's talk about that because you're president of optimum leadership what is it exactly uh, maybe you can build a little bit on what you just said that your firm does and why do clients hire you what makes you different well there's a couple things that make me different one thing is that I look to help leaders to be better leaders by not controlling people, but by actually creating trust, creating uh, environments of trust, wow. and changing the context of, of where the workers are. I believe that the future, uh, the future is going. We're going to start to see more and more something called self-organizing systems and self-managed teams. That's been around for a while, but it's not really taken hold. But that is the way that we're going to be able to compete in uh, in uh, the global marketplace now, and because we're we're competing with everybody from uh, you know down the street to uh, Malaysia. So why is that uh, a better? So we, we've got to start thinking about how do we change the way we think about leadership, and and the, the challenge is that we're currently teaching our kids a model that has stopped working optimally. Okay. We're, we're teaching them the wrong model. So I'm. Well, what makes me different? I teach a different leadership model that allows people to develop this self-management and uh, self-managed teams and self-organizing systems. So in your, in your research, in your experience, 
why are self-managed teams better than top-down command and control authoritarian-based uh, organizations? Uh, in two words, less cost. Okay. Uh, in two more words, uh, higher loyalty of customers, better customer experience. In two more words, higher profitability. In two more words, improved uh, loyalty of, um, of employees, uh, so employee engagement. So by giving people the, the tools, not just the tools, it's not – and the empowerment, you know, we used to use this word empowerment. In fact, a lot of people still use empowerment. I think empowerment is a – pass a word now empowerment means i need something done i'm going to give you the authority to do that thing but self-management is the team the individual and the team themselves realize that they have to take action without ever even letting the boss know all they do is they come back and report on what's happening but the boss doesn't tell them what to do the boss doesn't empower them to do something it's, it's all about the team self-managing. That's the key, and that's the difference. That's one of the differences. Okay, and this is part of what you do. I'm speaking with Wally Hoke. He is president of Optimum Leadership, and we started this conversation, ladies and gentlemen, by me and him, me asking him his consulting firm, which is focused on helping CEOs and business leaders uh, of your size, middle market companies, right? Wally, those are the kind of companies that you work with. You're, you're improving their leadership skills and, and the performance of the company by bringing down this sense of, you know, sometimes I hear people talk about that as employees who think like an owner. You know, they take an ownership approach to the I business. That's a great way to uh, describe it, sure. It's a great way to describe it. But let me give you a different uh, twist. When you ask uh, the average organization uh, if they conduct uh, typical performance appraisals or something similar to it, about 80 to 90% of organizations implement the typical performance appraisal. And the typical performance appraisal is part of the old model. Right. So the other thing that makes my firm different is I help leaders to replace the typical appraisal because that's a form of control. It's an authoritative tool. And it's outdated, and it's it doesn't really work anywhere. And so, that's an example of removing some. Because when when if you're going to create a transformation in an organization to self management and self organization, you've got to start doing some new things, but you've got to stop doing some of the old things. And the typical appraisal is one of those things you've got to stop doing. And what what do you replace it with? Well, you replace it. Uh, th- thanks for asking. The typical appraisal is about focusing on the person and what they did or did not do right. Right. And uh, and by giving them a grade and based on that grade or rating, you know, you call it a rating, it's really a grade. Uh, It's the same thing grades in schools. If, If you get a high grade, you get more pay. If you get a lower grade, you get less pay. So it, they, they normally tie pay for performance to that grade, and that's a form of control. And so you replace it with, instead of focusing on improving the individual, you, have, you create partnerships where you focus on improving the quality of the, of the interactions between the individuals. Let me give you an example. I have a client who's one of the largest uh, luxury uh, car dealerships in the country, in the U.S., and their sales force closes a deal. One of their salespeople closes a deal, 
they hand the deal off to finance to do all the financing to finish the deal, and then finance hands it off to accounting. Well, accounting doesn't get the information from finance because the salespeople didn't give the correct information to finance. And so the customer ends up not, the customer ends up with a problem with their bank. And now the customer is really angry at the company. And the salespeople are complaining about how, why can't accounting get this right? But the whole start of the problem started with sales. So in a, in a typical organization, what they would do is they would rate down the accounting department for not uh, following through and getting everything done for the bank uh, in order to make the customer happy. But what the, but what the accounting department is doing is cleaning up the mess that sales created. Right. So you replace this rating thing with looking at what are the interactions in order to satisfy the customer, and you fix the interactions. And so now what we're, what we're doing is we've got sales, we've got finance and accounting working as a team to get all of those interactions fixed. You don't need to grade people to do that. Interesting. We're talk- speaking with Wally Hoke. He is president of Optimum Leadership. We're going to take our next commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Uh, Wally, I know that you're an author, and the book is The Art of Leader, Three Principles for Pred- Predictable Performance. So I'm going to talk to you about your book on the other side of this commercial break. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Wally Hoke after these words. Commercial Bank of California, or CBC, is a well-funded, full-service bank located in the heart of Orange County. When it comes to safety and stability, CBC has one of the highest levels of capital of any commercial bank ranked in the top 6% in the nation. Commercial Bank of California was founded in 2003 by a group of Orange County's finest entrepreneurs. To this day, our bank is governed by our founders, including General William Lyon of William Lyon Homes, Alex Morello of the Morello Group, and Frank Willey of Fidelity National Financial, to name a few. In short, we're a bank founded, built, and run by entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs, not Every business in Orange County should be our customer. However, if your business is looking for a bank that can assist in finance, production, analytics, and risk management, there's no better bank to choose. To understand the true power of how Commercial Bank of California can help you achieve your goals, give us a call at 714-431-7000 or visit us on the web at www.combancal.com. Member FDIC. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. 
Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. Wally Hoke is our guest. Hauk. Hauk. Sorry about that, Wally. I uh, was corrected during the break. I have it even written down correctly, but what can I say? Uh, let's continue our conversation with your book, The Art of Leader, Three Principles for Predictable Performance. What was the inspiration for writing your book, Wally? Yeah, the inspiration was to influence leaders to change the way they think about people and problems. And uh, because I believe that we've been taught we've been taught a lot of the wrong things that just don't work anymore. And what uh, what happens is, uh, as leaders, we take action based on what we think is the right thing to do, when in fact it's based on flawed principles. And so we get bad results, and then we work harder to try to make fix it. And so then we end up spending most of our time fixing problems that we actually create. Hmm. I wanted that to stop, and I know it can stop. And uh, so I, I wrote this little book so that uh, leaders would uh, look at things differently and, and focus differently uh, in order to avoid problems instead of uh, clean, cleaning them up faster, <laughs> which is what we tend to do. We tend to clean things up fast. Right, can you can you talk to us a little bit about the theory of Yeah, profound knowledge? Yes. Yeah, theory of profound knowledge is uh, really Deming's uh, theory and what he says is he says we've got to look at things as a system and this is one of the things that is a huge challenge for leaders today because we're not taught that. We're taught that by improving individual parts that if everything gets better. And that's not really, that's not a systems thought. So profound knowledge is about thinking in terms of systems. It's about uh, understanding what it means to have knowledge. And it's about managing variation. Instead of managing people, you manage variation. You lead people and manage variation in process. That's a very different thought. And in fact, when you, when you think about talking with, with leaders today, we still call them. We still call managers managers. Um, the the derivation of the word manager is manacle, which is handcuffs, <laughs> because uh, that's what they used to do. They used, and that comes from slavery. So the derivation of the word manager comes from the concept of slavery. And when you think about it, if you're going to manage somebody, a lot of times uh, people complain because oh well, he's a micromanager. He's always looking over my shoulder. But that's what we're expect that's what we're telling managers to do. That's what we're teaching managers to do. Because we say to them we'll conduct a performance appraisal on that person and then they will improve. Well, first of all, that's inaccurate, and second of all, it damages trust. So profound knowledge takes a whole different shift away from attempting to manage the individual parts of a system, instead manage the interactions within the system. Let me, let me give you another example, Rick. Uh, imagine that you're going to buy a new car. 
So uh, you don't like to go to dealerships, right? Because it's kind of a pain to go to a dealership because you know you, you feel like you you know you've got to be on your guard all the time. So right. you know some engineers. So you do some research. You find out what the very best parts of the manufacturers. What what are the best parts that the manufacturers make? So the, you buy the motor from Honda. You buy the chassis from uh, GMC. You get the uh, transmission from Toyota. Uh, you get the electrical system from Chrysler. You put it all in a warehouse. You hire a bunch of engineers, and you have them put it together. Would it run? No. Why not? Because it's not the quality of the parts. It's the quality of the interaction between the parts. And the, by trying to improve the quality of the parts, that's why Enron failed. That's one of the reasons Enron failed. We're still teaching. In fact, McKenzie is still teaching this whole idea this uh, concept of war for talent. You've got to get the very best people, and that's how you get the very best performance. Mm. I say horse manure. Mm. It's about the quality of the interactions between the people that matter, not the quality of the people. The, the people, you have to hire quality people, but you don't try to continuously improve the individuals. They can do that themselves, but they have to do it in the context of how they work together. Wally, what do, you, what, what do you say to people who, who say, in our organization, our high achievers expect a scoreboard, they, they want to know how they're doing, uh, performance reviews are important because it gives them a chance to kind of be recognized for their uh, contributions to the company. So for those people that feel performance, re- maybe even companies who actually have a, a good performance review program, uh, that they feel is actually serving their needs. How how do you address that or talk with them? I have three words by my book. <laughs> That's the answer. That's exactly why I wrote the book because we've got to get away from that. That that type of thinking is what's holding us back, and we're still teaching that to our kids in schools. In fact, uh, this all this stems in part from a fellow by the name of Frederick Taylor. Mm-hmm. He uh, developed something called scientific management. And what he did was he used an engineer. He said, look, I'm going to figure out, and he, and he worked for all, in the uh, 18, late 1800s, uh, early 1900s. And here he, he said to Ford, for example, he said, look, I'm going to figure out for all these menial tasks exactly the right way to do something. We're going to show, we're going to train your people to do that menial task exactly the way it's supposed to happen because that's what's going to be the lowest cost. And anybody that doesn't do that, we're, we're going to fire them, or we're going to demote them, or we're going to, not going to pay them the bonuses. So the very best people that are the fastest, we're going to pay them the most because they're going to get everything done exactly the way I'm going to tell them how to do it. Now, that model, when, when there was menial tasks, when people were not well-educated, and when, there were, uh, when they didn't speak English very well, that was a fabulous system. We don't have that anymore. In fact, that, in part, that model has driven a lot of the manufacturing jobs overseas because it's very costly to do that. Hmm. And uh, the menial tasks now are, are paid lower amounts of money. People are paid lower amounts of money. We have the knowledge economy here in the U.S., so we have complex interactions, not menial tasks anymore. Right. And we have complex tasks. We have problem solving that we have to do. We've got projects that we have to fulfill. We've got complex interactions in order to fulfill those projects. So we have all this complexity now, but we're treating our people like children. And it's got to stop. And that's why I wrote the book. 
So where do you um, do your work, Wally? What are you? Uh, do you work across the country? Do you focus in a certain geographic area? Tell me a little bit about well, that. Well, I'm located in the Northeast uh, in Connecticut right now, and uh, I've got clients. In fact, I'm flying to Michigan tomorrow. Uh, I've got a client uh, that I'm going to visit there. I've got clients in uh, Colorado and really across the country. So, uh, but I, I do try to local, stay local if I can. Sure. Travel today is is a bit of a challenge. So it's not what it used to be, is it? It's not the great old days of Pan Am and you know flying in you, you know suits and ties and having fun and glamorous. It's they're, they're, they got their hand in your pocket and every uh, you know. <laughs> you want a mint? Do you want to you take a breath of air? That'll be an extra dollar. <laughs> yeah, I like the commercials that used to have the the uh, bathroom with a with a coin operated uh, you know mechanism and stuff. <laughs> So if, if people want to learn more about you and your firm, Optimum Leadership, how do they do that? Where do they find you online? Wally? Yeah, I encourage them to go. If they like what they heard and they want to learn more, I've got a free research article called Fearless Feedback on the uh, on the website. It's wallyhauk.com, W-A-L-L-Y-H-A-U-C-K.com. And so I encourage them to go there, and they'll see it on the front page, and they can download it, uh, no charge. And uh, they'll get a taste of what some of this is like, and then they'll also see the book, The Art of Leading, and also uh, Stop the Leadership Malpractice, which is my other book about uh, replacing the typical performance appraisal. <laughs> that's a great title. I didn't you like that title? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's very thought-provoking. Uh, uh, thank you. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's exactly what I think it is. It's, it's malpractice, just like any other, just like any uh, medical professional. Uh-huh. We're, we're using if if they use leeches if if you walked into the walk-in <laughs> you know and they said look oh you're not feeling well let's, we're going to hook these leeches up to you I'd be out of there <laughs> uh, I think you'd run and that's that's run. what we ought to do away from the performance appraisal that's what I'm recommending oh, that's fantastic well you've been great I've enjoyed it you've been interesting and humorous in the same uh, span and for that I am thankful thanks for being a friend of the program and a part of our critical mass business community by virtue of being on the radio show. Thanks so much, Rick. I appreciate it. Have a good day, Wally. All right, you too. God bless. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed the two guests that we had on today's program. You kind of see things relative to communications and performance reviews and building an organization maybe a little bit different from our two guests. They certainly were thought-provoking in their own right. The show's been brought to you by our advertisers, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and Center Club of Costa Mesa. Our engineer for today's show is Paul Roberts. Producer is Crystal Nunley. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Our marketing strategist is Asia Celestino. Melissa Padani does our social media. And Rose Chamora, of course, is our vice president of sales. I'd like to uh, thank you all for listening. And until our next show, I hope all of your decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 